0: Hello, residents. My name is Zach Olson. I'm joined today by Mike Estefan, and thank you for downloading this month's episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Pearson Rabbits Insurance, my personal independent life and disability insurance agent. We will talk more about Pearson Rabbits later in this episode, but let's get into it. Today is round number 32 of the game. Mike will need to perform today's case in real ABEM oral boards format. He has 15 minutes. To complete the full case, he does not know what the case is ahead of time. If Mike hits all of the critical actions that I have listed out beforehand, he wins. If he doesn't or performs a dangerous action, I will win. These cases were created by me. They're not actual ABEM cases that I had. They're not real patients. Mike, take out a piece of paper and a pencil. Place the paper sideways in front of you. Outline a human body on the left side of it and let me know when you are ready.
1: I am ready. Let's do this, Zach.
0: Awesome. All right, let's do this. Dr. Estefan. This will be a single patient encounter. You will have 15 minutes to complete the case. Before we begin, do you have any questions?
1: I do not have any questions. Let's do it.
0: All right, let's begin. Dr. Estefan, you are working at clerkship general when a young father brings in his three-year-old son with a chief complaint of vomiting.
1: Okay. Um, I walk into the room. What do I see?
0: Um, you see a father there with his three-year-old son. Uh, the son looks like he's not feeling too well.
1: Okay. Um, I introduced myself. Hi, my name is Dr. Estefan. I am one of the doctors that will be taking care of your son. Can you tell me what is going on today?
0: Oh, yeah. Hey, Doc. Uh, yeah, he's just, he's just, you know, he doesn't look right. He's just not feeling too good. He woke up this morning. He just started vomiting. He's just not doing, he, I don't know. He doesn't look right to me.
1: Okay. All right. Um, Can we please ask the nurse in the room to get a set of vital signs, please?
0: Sure. The temperature is 98.6. The heart rate is 50. The respiratory rate is 20. The blood pressure is 95 over 55. The O2 saturation is 100%. Got
1: it. Um, And before I move on, could we please check an AccuCheck?
0: Sure. Uh, You check an AccuCheck. It's 100.
1: 100. Awesome. Okay. Okay. Let's see. So, he just woke up this morning and was vomiting? What color was the Yeah, vomit? kind of
0: like a, almost like a pink colored. Did he
1: eat anything pink? Any red Gatorade? Spicy Cheetos?
0: No, he didn't have any, like any, we just had like steak or chicken and stuff for dinner, like steak and mac and cheese. Okay. For breakfast, he didn't really eat.
1: Okay. Has, um, has he been having any diarrhea? No. Any runny nose, cough, sore throat, those kind of URI symptoms?
0: Um, I don't know what a URI is, but uh, no, none of that.
1: (laughs) Um, Okay. Anyone sick at home?
0: No, it's just him.
1: Okay. Any recent travels anywhere?
0: Nope.
1: And recent antibiotics for anything? No. Is he complaining of belly pain at all?
0: No. Holding his belly? Not really No Just kind of nauseous
1: Okay Um, Let's see And is there any chance he could have Gotten into anything Any medicine cabinets he found open Or anything like that
0: No medicine cabinets were open
1: Okay Um, Does anyone at the house use drugs or alcohol? No Okay does he have any siblings?
0: Um, yeah, he has a, an older brother and a younger brother. Okay, and they're Three doing boys.
1: They're doing fine.
0: Yeah, they're doing great. Okay,
1: all right. Um, any other? Has he been acting normal besides the vomiting, or is he acting a little different to you?
0: Well, he just seems kind of like he's not feeling well today. Yesterday, he was fine.
1: Okay. All right. Um, does he have any allergies to medications?
0: Um, to medications? Uh, just penicillin. What about foods? Um, peanuts.
1: Okay. What happens when he gets peanuts and penicillin?
0: He breaks out in this big rash.
1: Does he take any medications?
0: Um. Yeah, he takes albuterol.
1: And what is that for? Asthma. Okay. Does he have any other medical problems?
0: No. Not that we're aware of anyways.
1: Has he ever had surgery before?
0: No. Okay.
1: Um, Alright, let's uh, examine the child. Um, let's completely undress the child. How does the child appear?
0: Um, he just looks like he doesn't feel too well.
1: Okay. Um, let's take a listen to his lungs.
0: Um, His lungs are clear to auscultation anteriorly, as well as all um, lung fields posteriorly. There's no crackles or wheezes or anything like that. Okay.
1: Um, And no, any whopping murmurs on cardiac auscultation?
0: There's no murmur.
1: Okay. How's his belly? Is he tender at all? Distended?
0: Um... You palpate all four quadrants. There's no tenderness. There's no guarding, no rigidity, no rebound. Um, He has like a negative Murphy sign. There's no pain over McBurney's point. He has no CVA tenderness. He has a negative Robzing's negative Psoe sign. No distension, normal bowel sounds.
1: Wow. I did a very thorough abdominal exam. (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, Let's check the skin. Any signs of trauma, especially to the head?
0: Um there's no bruising, lacerations, anything like that to the head. There's no raccoon eyes or um battle sign.
1: Okay. Any um any like other rashes that aren't signs of trauma? Any hives, anything like that?
0: He has no hives
1: and no other rashes.
0: No other rashes.
1: Can we range his neck? Any new coronary
0: Sure. He has no nuchal rigidity.
1: Okay. And let's do as much of a gross neuro exam as we can for a three-year-old. Just seeing. Does he move all four extremities? Um, His pupils? Yeah, he seems to
0: track you. His pupils are equal and reactive. You kind of walk around each side of the bed. He tracks you around the bed. You're not seeing any nystagmus or anything like that. Um, His face overall seems symmetric. He's not like, you know, just overall symmetric um you go to like rub his cheek on each side he just kind of gets weirded out um he doesn't you know he tried to get him to do finger to nose he doesn't quite understand it but he's moving both arms both legs um you touch him all four extremities doesn't really say anything but you can like kind of pinch him and he pulls and you know seems to be moving everything normally okay um you saw him walk in with his dad so his gates you know probably good okay anything else you want to know
1: um, GU exam, testicles look okay, symmetric, equal eye, descendant bilaterally? Um,
0: yep, uh, both the testicles are non-tender, they're not swollen, they have normal lie. there's no hernias or masses, um, normal cremasteric reflux, bilaterally.
1: Okay, and uh, cap refill and moist or dry mucous membranes?
0: Um, So, you look at his mucous membranes, they're all moist. Uh, He has cap refill of three seconds.
1: Okay. So, just summarizing this for myself, we have a three-year-old who's presenting with isolated vomiting without any diarrhea or abdominal pain, um, which always kind of worries me a little bit about intracranial pathology. He's bradycardic. The rest of his vital signs look okay. Why is he braided, cart? <laughs> that is that is what is getting me. Like he had a normal neuro exam. I don't think he's like Cushing's, um. But we always worry about elevated ICP. Was he complaining that his head hurt at all or anything like that?
0: He actually told me yesterday that his head felt the best it's it's ever felt. It's, <laughs> he was he was shit. Yeah, he feels great. No headaches.
1: All right, and this is the first time he's being evaluated by a doctor.
0: Um, no, he follows with a pediatrician. Um, I'm Lance sorry for, Thomas. The, for this illness. Uh, yes. Okay.
1: All right. Um. Well, I don't like his bradycardia. Let's start with an EKG, and let's also um do a trial of Zofran for him. His AccuCheck is normal. He's not in DKA. Um. Yeah, let's let's start with that.
0: Um, so the EKG is being obtained and is crossing over to you. Um, you try you give him Zofran. He is not vomiting.
1: Well, it looks to be a rightish axis, um, which can be normal in this age, is my understanding. Is he is in in irregular rhythm, but it is. He has a P wave before every QRS and he has a, he does not have a QRS after every P wave. Um, so possibly some dropped beats. Um, he is bradycardic um, and let's see intervals. His PR looks okay. His QRS looks okay. His QTC looks okay.
0: Uh-huh. So, what is this? Please interpret the EKG. Final <laughs> diagnosis. Uh, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten,
1: eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 over the 10 second strip, 14 times six. So, he's not bradycardic on this EKG. I um, would call it. Science. Sinus Arrhythmia? I, I don't know. I really don't know. It's weird. He's like, All sinus right. pauses. I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> um, uh, the father comes to you and says, Oh my God, Doc, I just remembered something. Okay. You ask if he ate anything. He, he was, he ate these flowers yesterday.
1: <laughs> okay. Did he eat foxglove flowers?
0: I have no idea what foxglove is, but I do have a beautiful garden. You can have a picture if you want. <laughs> I take pictures of it to show all my friends. Uh, God's is this... God's beauty. This stage. Uh,
1: do I see? I don't really see the, the Dolly whatever mustache, but we'll go with it. Um, let us. Oh, I got a. I get a picture of the flowers.
0: Oh my God. Yeah, I show all my friends. Isn't it beautiful? <laughs>
1: All right. All right. All right. Let's get labs on this kid. Um, we need an IV. We need a CBC, a BMP. Let's get troponins. Um, let's, let's see. So we need to check his K. Um, let's get him on tally. Um, let's check a calcium level as well. Um, and let's call poison control.
0: All right, labs are back. His CBC is normal. His troponin is normal. His K you specifically asked for is 5.5. Um, yeah. Calcium is normal. Poison control is on the line. Hey, Doc, what do you got?
1: Hey, I have a three-year-old who um, presented with bradycardia and uh, vomiting, and it appears he has had some, um, some plants that contains cardiac glycosides, it looks like. Um, he should probably be treated with Digibind. But I don't know how much because we don't have a, uh, a dose. It's not like he took the digoxin. Sure. I am sure
0: looking um, for further. I recommend starting with ten vials.
1: Ten vials, so the same as an adult. Great. All right, let's uh, call pharmacy and have them rush ten vials of digibine
0: down. It's hanging. Um, nurse says, "Hey, uh, oh, kid looks. Yep, yeah, he he's uh, complaining of of itching.
1: He's itching." Okay, let's re-examine him. Listen to his lu- let's get a repeat of vital signs, listen to his lungs, and do a skin exam.
0: Um he's got rash, he's got wheezing. Okay.
1: Um let's let's give him uh, a butyrol neb. We could do 0.15 of IM Um we can do Oh, peds dosing for the rest of the anaphylaxis meds let's talk to pharmacy for benadryl dosing and they'll get it yep they got Sol- it solumedrol and uh famotidine
0: all right that ends your case Ooh.
1: <laughs> got stuck on that ekg man that was weirding me out
0: i'm gonna stop the timer here <clears throat> All right, so before we go through the case, uh, let's talk about our sponsor for the month, Pearson Rabbits Insurance. Stephanie Pearson is my personal disability and life insurance agent, and I trust her. There are only a handful of big financial tasks that you need to complete before you finish residency, and one of those is getting your disability insurance figured out as soon as possible. There are multiple reasons why you should be contacting Pearson Rabbits while in residency and purchasing disability insurance insurance. Early. One, you lock in cheap premium payments. Two, you get access to specific, like resident discounts. But most importantly, three, you get your medical exam done while you are still young and healthy. You see, it's not just that you might get sick or injured while you're a resident and won't be able to work as a doctor despite your loan debt, although that's obviously a concern. The biggest issue is that you have an injury or illness, the insurance company finds out when they do their underwriting, and you might have entire body systems, like your back or your eyes, just completely excluded forever from disability insurance coverage. In some cases, you might be completely uninsurable. And that's why you want to do this as early as possible, go to www.pearsonrabbits.com, get in touch, get your questions answered, and do it as soon as possible. Thank you to Pearson Rabbits for sponsoring this episode. Now back to our case. All right, Mike, um, how do you think you did? I was a, I'll, I'll start off. I was a little bit cruel. I was intentionally um, messing with you for time reasons because as you're – that that's going to be a big difficult component of these cases. So I'm intentionally trying to. That was part of this, and that's why I didn't just like give you an easy, you know, an easy right away ingestion history. Um, so that that was slightly intentional. That's <laughs> totally. But fair. yeah, so you know you i I totally understand that up front you're like, did he get like, get into the medicine cabinet? No, not medicine <laughs> like, did he eat pink food? no, no pink foods. It's like I get that you asked that, and um I don't think it would have been fair for me to never give you like you have to specifically ask for pictures of the garden <laughs> <laughs> you know like obviously obviously that was not the case, but i was, I intentionally did that because the the teaching point that I wanted to do with this case is starting to get you um more in tune with how much time things, things are going to start taking. So you have that internal clock going. Um, I actually let you run for 16 minutes and kind of, you know, part of that is letting you work through things at the end after I actually tell you what's going on. So, you know, again, (laughs) it's, that was intentional. It's just to start getting your internal clock, like to train your internal clock, if that makes sense. Um, but like I intentionally didn't tell you, even though you asked about it, I was just kind of messing with you on purpose. Um, Because the point in this case is not the management of, of what, Mike? What was, what was, tell, tell the audience about this beautiful picture (laughs) that you saw this beautiful garden.
1: This, uh, this foxglove, this cardiac glycoside containing plant that looks so beautiful and yet is so deadly.
0: I found this picture online of like a whole giant field of it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh.
0: All right. So with with that out of the way with me, you know, disclosing to you that I was intentionally messing with your time just on purpose um, for the purpose of of training. How do you think you did otherwise?
1: I I think it went okay. Um from the very beginning, I suggest I like ingestion was at the top of my differential, but I didn't really think it would be plants. <laughs> just with the bradycardia, there's not a lot of things that cause bradycardia in kids, right? Like increased ICP, but the the blood pressure was fine and the kid was acting normal. Um, ingestions, right? Um, and then that EKG really threw me for a loop. It was, it was very... It was irregularly a- irregular, but not like AFib, irregularly irregular. There were just random drop beats. Um, it, it was... It was weird. Um, And I definitely wasted way too much time trying to accurately interpret that EKG. Uh, That's kind of my my fallback on EKGs is if it is not immediately obvious to me what is going on, then I just start from the basics. I do, you know, axis, intervals, rate, rhythm, morphologies, you know. I I think always falling back and having a way to uh, systematically interpret EKGs is really important. Um, it it slowed me down a lot there. Um, and then obviously I think once it was revealed what happened, um, the rest of the case, uh, went quite smoothly. The kid had an anaphylactic reaction to the, the digibind, which I know can happen. Um, we treated him for anaphylaxis and he pending repeat vitals would go to the ICU. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I, so th- I tried to design most of it as like with the exam, like I tried to be very thorough with the exam to eat time. Like I was trying to eat time. Cause that's something that will happen. Like, and you lose a lot of time there. And especially if you don't quite know what's going on, you can, like, I think you did it right. Like, I think you just keep asking as much details as possible until you can kind of, until it, you figure it out. Um, but, uh, so I thought I tried to waste some time on the physical exam. I guess is what I'm saying. Um, Where else did I try to waste some time with you? Oh yeah, the EKG. So you, like on test day, you're gonna have stuff that's like kind of subjective situations. Once you start getting into weirdly abnormal EKGs, it's it's really uncomfortable. Because now imagine that you have this case and you think you figured it out, but like you don't get to the final results of your oral boards for months right and so you just think like what the heck was that ekg (laughs) (laughs) and it just it just it bothers you so trying to get used to some of the subjective because you're you're getting you're almost done here so trying to get you used to some of the subjective like you know give me an interpretation i want you to stick to something um critical actions were the ingestion history which i think you did up front to be fair um checking a finger stick blood glucose which you did fab fragments treating the allergic reaction calling poison control so i think you you um, would have passed this case. And I think that, you know, if it wasn't for me intentionally just drawing things out. Um, although when we edit this, Mike, you know, and this is, I'm actually saying don't edit out like how long it took you to do the EKG. Cause I think that was a very like, it, you, you there was a lot of time there. Um, so I would leave that as part of the case, just for everyone to kind of hear what it was really like as you, as you struggled through that. Um, you got the EKG interpreted wrong. What rhythm is it?
1: Uh, let me pull it up. I mean, is it, what, like a second-degree type 1 heart block or type 2?
0: Yeah, it's a Mobitz 2. Yeah. Um, Yeah, It's so so much easier when you're not in the – (laughs) Yeah. You're just like, oh, what is it? Oh, it's a Mobitz (laughs) 2. So this case was inspired. See, all right. For a lot of the med students that are listening, you you may or may not have had the the lecture yet. I mean, I'm assuming, Mike, you've had the lecture where people show pictures of these plants that have, like, cardiac glycosides, right? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, this is so dumb. Like, how could, like, this is just, okay, like... I'm not going to be asking people for pictures of their garden, is this? But here's here's how this actually goes. Like I understand how this happens now, because the attendings who are doing the lecture, once you're an emergency medicine attending, you have a lot of free time for hobbies. One of those hobbies frequently is gardening. And so at my house, I have this nice house, and um, I've got into gardening a little bit last year. But I have all these deer, and the deer ate everything. They eat everything, right? So I'm looking up like deer resistant plants, and sure enough, if you look at like all of the like the tox like the tox um, plants type stuff, they're all like deer pest resistant things, you know? And so I had in my head, and we've talked about this before, Mike, about the, someone with like a foxglove garden that you knew or something, but, um, you I, I actually had my head i was like should i plant foxglove because <laughs> i have like a two, a two, two kids that are toddlers right and so i was actually like outside in my garden this was just the other day i was outside in my garden planning out i'm like i could maybe put some foxglove there and i turned around and i and i i shit you not my two-year-old ha- broke off a piece of another plant and had it in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he, like took off like a chunk of lavender just like you know crunching on it i was like no you can't just eat plants and then the 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 case was decided so and i was like i'm gonna do one of these plant ones because again you might actually see it they've actually i found this case this paper online where they go through like actual um like pediatric ingestions of plants like there's quite a few um fox glove isn't like a huge one like you know, like jimson weed and things like that. Like, that's all out there. And then you run into the – like, in some other cultures too, like, it's a known way to, like, commit suicide or, or die by suicide. Um, like, so a lot of people are intentionally – they know what plants to eat if they want to die type of a thing. Um, and then there's all the home remedies stuff. So, you know, next time – I say all of this. Next time you see the lecture with all the pretty plants, just know that some – stupid ER doctor out there is planting foxglove in their garden because they think it's kind of funny and they don't want the deer to eat it. And then their kid eats it, you know, (laughs) (laughs) cause it would totally been me. I would have been the guy that's like, no, my kid chewed on foxglove. So they're so pretty. Um, anyways, that was, that was how this all came about. Sorry for rambling. Um, any other final thoughts on the case? Um, trying
1: to think, I know, At least in the adult world, they teach us that potassium in these cardiac glycoside ingestions is a good marker of mortality. So being hyperkalemic, I think the cutoff is like over five, um, indicates badness. Um, and then yep, if that's if, what you, I saw. Yep. if you do have EKG changes indicative of hyperkalemia, I believe this is one of the circumstances you do not give calcium. You just give digibind. Correct me if I'm wrong.
0: Correct. Yep. Yep. Because the Digibind will correct the hyperkalemia. Um, so you don't do any hyperkalemia therapy for it.
1: Yeah. And I, I didn't see any stigma out of hyperkalemia on that EKG regardless, but.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, with the potassium being high, that was a bad marker, obviously, with a heart block. That's a bad marker. All reasons to give, have fragments, um, which are really expensive, by the way. I think. So, like, if my kid – I looked up the dosing of fad fragments. So, let's say my son had actually eaten the foxglove and not a chunk of lavender. It would have been, like, $90,000, which is, like, you know, a real bummer So for the HSA. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Obviously, medical insurance. But anyways, uh, let's see. We talked about that. We talked about that. Um, Digoxin levels, what do you think about those?
1: Uh, I don't think they are – They're not really useful in plant ingestions, right? Or am I wrong?
0: Yeah, I I, I would probably send it, but I don't think it's useful in plant injections. I would agree. Ingestions um so i don't think it's a critical action to get a digoxin level but i was curious your thoughts on that since it's not directly you mentioned that the the 10 vials is the same as an adult um that is true but the reason is is because the kid didn't directly ingest digoxin but it was a cardiac glycoside so you actually require more fragments because it's not like if that makes sense um the 10 vials for an adult is like if they ingest like digoxin tablets right and i think it'd be like five in kids but if it's i and the only reason i know this is because i looked it all up before the we did this um it would be like five i think five vials in a kid but since it's like a cardiac glycoside plant you have to give more i see anyways i'm not a toxicologist full disclaimer um but i do i I, yeah i'm not the toxicologist i'm the the dad who lets his kid eat the foxglove and then the toxicologist has to be called that's like my role in this whole story is the takeaway so anyways um, um residency quick. going okay or oh yeah yeah real quick um so i'm going
1: to i'm going to cut this back um one other thing about dig levels so i had a case in residency of an unstable bradycardia and the patient was on digoxin but they also had like numerous other risk factors for being in an unstable bradycardia they were also on like beta blockers and like i don't know who were prescribing these medications, but they're on beta blockers, calcium channel blockers, digoxin, everything. So um, we, of course, sent a digoxin level, but big learning point from that case was, at least at my hospital system, digoxin levels take hours and hours and hours to come back. So um, we called poison control. We were like, yeah, we don't have a level. And so we empirically gave 10 at their recommendation and then we called the lab and they're like huh, this isn't gonna be back for like eight hours. Sorry. So it might be different in different hospital systems, but that's another thing to consider. Even if you have somebody who takes digoxin, um, the level may take a while to come back.
0: That's all I had to say. Interesting. I never realized that. Yeah, my hospital comes back with, you know, the K. <laughs> it's all, you know, pretty quick. So all right. How's residency going?
1: Residency is going great. Um, I am now on a super chill block where I am doing a bunch of electives, and I just am wrapping up a NICU elective, NICU as in neonatal ICU, um, and I'm getting to resuscitate a couple of preemies and you know bag a couple of preemies and you know so far no no uh, neonatal intubations, but still an invaluable elective, not to mention, you know, even if the baby's healthy, I'm in the delivery room, I'm watching all these deliveries again, you know, it's been a while since I've delivered a baby. So this is probably one of the most valuable uh, rotations of my residency, I would say, you know, pending graduation and about to go into the real world where a lot of the places where I'm working will not have OB or a neonatal ICU or anything like that for support. So I... Th- I I'm loving what I'm doing
0: right now. Yeah, when you told me about the rotation, I didn't have that rotation available to me as a resident. Sounds like a killer rotation. I mean, as far as things that you can do on your third year, because you do a lot of the OBN stuff early, I feel like, typically. Um, and then, you know, you kind of get to refresh again on the the deliveries and then resuscitating a couple kids once you have a knowledge of just resuscitation in general. Now you go back and you talk because you again you have to do like NRP or neonatal resuscitation program at the beginning of residency, right? So you get to go back and kind of refresh some of that. And um oh, yeah. I think it yeah. sounds like a great rotation. So I'm glad you're doing it. Um, well, that wraps it up. Um send us emails. You can reach out to us at Zach at mike@ademclerkship.com Mike and uh be sure to tune in in a couple weeks for the deep dive. I'm sure it'll be very interesting. Mike, and until next time, keep working hard, keep studying and be sure to enjoy your shift.